What's up, guys? In today's interview, we're talking with my boy, Johnny Mitchell, who's one of the most coolest, most authentic guys I know. We talk about all his business endeavors before and after. He was the star on the show Love Island in the UK. Uh, we had so much fun, a bunch of laughs, and we talk about how to deal with hate, how to deal with criticism, and how to just guard your mind to all that negative crap out there and truly start developing the life of freedom that you truly desire. So grab your notebooks and pens. You're going to love this one. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson. Each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. All right. So, today's guest is a lifestyle entrepreneur from the UK who moved to Hong Kong to start his first business at the age of 21 years old. And after experiencing his first failed business, the last thing he wanted to do was to go back to the UK. So, he started trading online and, and found other ways to make an income and ended up investing into more businesses and some property. And he spent a little bit of time on a TV show called The Love Island, and which I freaking love, by the way. You lucratively use it as a way to your advantage, which is just so freaking cool. And we're going to talk more about that. Um, you've now built a seven-figure income by the age of 29. You're spending your, your days living out there in Bali, uh, which is so freaking cool. So, guys, please help me introduce the man who is now building an extremely successful online lifestyle and business coaching company called The Coaching Masters, Mr. Johnny Mitchell, my man. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm so good. Um, dude, I'm, so, I'm really I'm looking forward to this. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I know this is going to be great. <laughs> Dude, let's jump straight into it. Um, le- leaving the UK, so not only starting your own business at 21, mm. but mm. moving from the UK to Hong Kong, mm. you must have had some hectic fears, doubts, uncertainty. What, at 21 years old, like, like talk, talk us through us. What, ha- what made all that happen and how, what did you go through? I mean, um, I'm from like uh, my background with like like my dad is quite a shrewd guy and he started his first business when he was like 18 years old in thailand and uh, made him a very successful fella and i think that kind of like i always had that support that backing to sort of be a bit more outside the box i've never really enjoyed england um i've never really enjoyed it <laughs> i mean i'm just being honest i've never enjoyed living there um i find it a very closed-minded uh very you know it's way too structured it's it, it's not wild it's not exciting it's just it's fucking boring, you know. So, I I used to have a an ex of mine, and she was a clothes designer. Did you go? Uh, anyway, it's not important. But it was for an English English brand called uh, River Island, and um, nice girl. And she was always saying, you know, she wanted to like start her own brand and everything. So, we just started like looking into it, and we were like, oh yeah, maybe we'll start a, a company. Like we'll do some manufacturing, we'll do some retail, and everything else. And I started looking into like uh, you know obviously. It was a bit of a no-brainer where to manufacture, like China, obviously. Um, but then I was looking at like, obviously it was going to be an online company. So I was looking at like tax efficiency and stuff like that. And um, Hong Kong just jumped completely uh, at, at the, uh, well, jumped at me. And I was like, wow, this is, this is insane. I was like looking at the, the, the setup that you could actually have in Hong Kong. Not only were they so sort of like relaxed with uh, like, you know, expenditure and stuff like that. Like you can put anything through the business out there. Like people just didn't care, really relaxed. But then I was looking at the actual tax implications and like how foreign companies that are based there 
don't pay any corporation tax if they're like um, if they're operating outside of Hong Kong. I was just like, that's insane. Like I can just pay no tax for for my company and just have it based based wherever. And also, they don't have VAT, which is also sick. So that was like straight away. I was like, that that sounds pretty sick. So got a flight out of there. We did. We had a little, few little stops along the way, but yeah, we ended up. We landed over in uh, in Hong Kong, and I loved it. I absolutely loved Hong Kong. I spent six months there. It was so nice. Um, it, and I'd done a bit of travelling already, but it, I'd never actually lived somewhere, and I just loved just being engulfed in that sort of like wild, like raw atmosphere. Like, Hong Kong's got a couple of different sides, but I was in like a pretty pretty sick place. And um, yeah, we started this company and it, it, it taught me a lot because if you can, it's things have tightened up even more now, but the sort of red tape you've got to get around in Hong Kong when actually starting a company is once you've sort of get, got past that, you can probably open a company in most places in the world. Um, there was a lot of just random shit that I still can't really comprehend. Um, just dodgy stuff. Just, yeah, I mean, some dodgy stuff. Um, but a lot of it was just more sort of bureaucracy stuff. It was mm. just kind of like tedious stuff. It's like that um, thing. Like it was... that, that just kind of comes with the whole, like even when I lived in Bali the last two years and you'd know, like, like it's just mm. the, it's, it's the price you pay for, um, you know, having that kind of the difference and, and you just have to adapt to it. I think that's so important to be so adaptive, uh, adaptable in business yeah. and life. But I love it. I love it, mate. That's the whole reason why I left England for something for like different for different vibes, and that's and that's exactly what I got. So I spent like I spent like three months in China as well. Just like we sourced a few manufacturers. I was in like Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and um, that was that was stressful. <laughs> that was like really stressful. Um, so then we decided that we didn't want to be in that. So you you get six months uh, visa free in Hong Kong as a UK citizen. Um, and then China, you got to be like, you know, really built and braces with the with the visa situation. So we were like, no, I don't. Let's not go anywhere stressful. Let's just go to Thailand. I was like, I've been to Thailand loads. So I ended up living in Bangkok for like a year while this business was sort of being built up, developing. And then you know, people say that makes business a pleasure, and they are completely right. You never should um, because it can't, it can't, I mean, like it wasn't it wasn't doing great. Um, I, it was a completely new thing for me. I mean, it, it, what the fuck do I know about clothing and everything else? So she took on a lot of the, even though I dealt with all the company setup, um, like obviously the, the logistics of actually making clothes and like designing it was down to her. And yeah, I think she ended up in, incurring a lot of the, the uh, workload for that sort of things, obviously. And yeah, just put a bit of a strain on relationship. The relationship crumbled as is the company. And there was me just sort of sitting in Bangkok. Uh, she'd gone home. And um, I was just sitting there thinking like, fuck, what, what am I going to do? I was like, I can't go home. Well, I've just wait. I'd already said to everyone like, yeah, I'm like giving it the big and like, I'm going out there. I'm making millions. I'm never coming back, blah, blah, blah. And I thought a year later, I'm going to go back with my tail. <laughs> so she was like, well, I'm going home. Are you coming back? And I was like, no, nah. like, I'm staying. I was like, I'll figure something out. So I stayed and then I thought, right, what can I do? And then my dad has always been a keen trader and he's actually tried to teach me and my brother for years and years and years and years and years about how to trade, trying, trying to teach us. But obviously as a kid, you don't, you're not really fucking interested. You know, you look at these charts and it's just like, it might as well be just, you know, just shapes and numbers or whatever. <laughs> like, it's so confusing. Um, but then 
at this point, I was willing to try anything. So I thought I already had the basic knowledge of it from my dad. And yeah, I just started trading, mostly Forex. And I just, I don't know why. There's probably an, an element of luck involved, but there was, you know, I'd like, I like to take risk. Um, I like to use my intuition to take risk. And it just started paying off. And then before, within like a year and a half, maybe two years, I was making a lot of fucking money, especially for my age, like a, like a lot, like more than I know, knew what to do with. I was living in a like five-star hotel in Bangkok, like one of the nicest ones, just living there like all year round. I'd like worked out, deal with a guy who was fucking sick, like daily housing, I used to go and get the guys like, go and get, get me a newspaper in the morning. It was just like, I felt like I just made it at that point. Um, you know, I felt like it's this old like billionaire living in a mansion, just got people waiting on him 24 seconds. It wasn't to that extent. But comparatively, for my age, like I was just, I couldn't believe it. So I thought, okay, I've, I've tapped into something here, which is great. So then I thought I need to do something else. Um, so my dad has always been into property and he was like, you need to start buying properties. So I thought, right, let's do it. Let's start what, buying property. What was it that made you want to get into something else? If you're, How old were you at this stage? Like 25 or something? 24. 24. 24. Insane. Yeah. Five star in Thailand, living it up. Yeah. What, what made you like um, most other twenty four year olds probably be like, "This is it. This is my life." You know, like, where, <laughs> where, yeah, like, what was it? Your dad's advice, or was it just more intuition, or was it? It was, was it? more. If I'm honest, it was pr- it was probably boredom. There was a lot of boredom. Like tra- trading is not like it's not all Wolf of Wall Street stuff. <laughs> you know, um, it's like it's just a bit fucking boring and tedious. And even though it was a nice life. I instinctively always want to just kind of think, okay, I've done that now. I need to move on to something else. And, it, you know, it's the sort of thing that I could do in the background. Like, I was trading personally at this point. This is me. Like, I, I, I still trade now, but I only trade for, like, big things. Like, I'm not sitting there in front of the charts all day long because it's pointless. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I should really invest money wisely. Like, I was sitting on a ton of cash, and, like, I just didn't know how to spend it pretty much. So I started buying properties up. Um, but yeah, from my dad's advice, he's always, because it, it does make sense, kind yeah. of. Um, started buying up, buying up properties and then, um, yeah, everything was kind of like at a nice level there. And then one day I had a friend of mine that was just, his, his family, he's called Elliot, I went to school with him. And he, his family were doing like nursing homes for like uh, elderly people. And his dad was a builder and his mum had some kind of ties into this sort of industry. And like, they were, they were caked. They were absolutely caked. They had so much money. And um, I always just was so intrigued as to like how this, these things were connected. Um, so we had a little look into it and we discovered that actually there was, like, starting care homes and stuff is a very difficult game. So yeah, sorry, for anyone listening, I then made the transition into supported living care homes uh, for learning disabilities and mental health, which sounds completely random considering that I was trading. Um, but yeah, we made uh, we made this jump, um, and I had you know I had my dad involved. He's now you know we own the company together, and he's turned over most of his properties. My dad's got a property portfolio of about 50, 60 properties around London. We turned all of them uh, as well. Um, and yeah, it was kind of like, it was just one of the things, but it, was, it just seemed like this really closed industry, you know, everyone that we wanted to talk to about it. No one really wanted to sort of like let you know. And it was, yeah, it was almost like a bit of a club, like an exclusive club that you couldn't really get your foot in the door with. 
Um, elderly people as well, we looked at that and the money didn't seem good enough um, like for, for elderly care. And also, it's kind of like I was thinking there's a lot of deaths surrounding that. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that. And then we stumbled on um, like the uh, obviously the mental health side of things and the learning disabilities. And it was a lot more rewarding. It looked a lot more rewarding. Uh, there was obviously a lot less death. Um, you're actually helping people and the money was just like i was just seeing we got someone who could like sneak us invoices that were already kind of like floating around and i was looking at these numbers and they were just fucking insane like some of these places were charging like like these heavy lockups they were charging like five grand a week per client and i was just looking at these numbers like man and these are these are like 100 bed units like huge places which we don't do our, our, our places are like five-star hotels pretty much um, so we thought, right, this is it. So we converted a couple of properties and we, we cracked away at it for like two years, another two years, no, maybe like a year, I'd say. Because after two years, yeah, things were like, things were pretty, pretty good. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of like, it was just about making friends, getting foot in the door, made a few good friends and then prices were good. The houses were like immaculate. Um, you know, we've got like maintenance teams that work round the clock, just renovating houses, buying new properties all the time. And, um, and they're great because the clients love it. They stay because if the clients, if it's a shit place, the clients will get pissed off and the clients will call, either attack someone or whatever and they'll end up leaving. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a short win, you know. Uh, we obviously want longevity. We want people to be happy. And, uh, and it reflects on that. And, you know, comparatively with the cost, it's just a, a no-brainer um, because you've got, you've got X amount coming in, which is like thousands every single week. And if they want a flat screen on the wall and an ensuite or a PlayStation thing, fucking give it to them. That's it, because it's peanuts in comparison. And, and it just makes their life so much better. So our places are, are absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of like the next sort of chapter of everything. I was living in Europe at, at, at this time. I think I was, I actually forget where I was. <laughs> it's, it seems so so freaking epic and it's kind of like just one business success to the next um which is so amazing when when you were 21 and you were you know you obviously you and you and your girlfriend at the time you, you had the the plan to kind of like you want know, to go create this first business did yeah. can you remember having any like were you, were you scared about it or were you kind of like was it was it like a, a mindset thing you kind of had to go through to actually go and do it? Or were you like, nah, I'm a purebred entrepreneur. I got this. Or how was it for you? I reinforced myself with a lot of confidence, but I, was, I, was, I wasn't scared about any of the stuff that I was going to have. I'm a, quick, I'm a quick learner. Like if it can be figured out, I'll figure it out. It might take me a little while, but I will figure it out at some point. Um, but it was more the, the fear of failure. That's it. I didn't want to go home. I'd like, mm. I, in, even in my mind, I wouldn't have been able to cope with just sort of happened to go back and be like, fuck, yeah. I don't know. I, wouldn't, I, I was never, it was never going to fly for me. There was no way I was ever going to, going to accept. I love that. Um, so it's like, you've had your own, your own just standard to yourself. It's like, I'm either, it's like, I'm either going to die or I'm going to win. Like that's, that's the mentality. It's like, there's no, there's no retreating here. No. And, and that was it. And even at the time, I didn't necessarily see it like that. Now looking back, that was it. Like I knew, and, that, and, that, and that's kind of like, that's definitely from my old man's world because he's exactly the same. Like he, everything my dad touches will turn to gold. Like he's just a fucking genius, he really is great. Um, and obviously he started his first business out in Thailand. It's almost just like, I, I knew that I had to do it. 
Like mm. I knew I had to sort of follow and do what he's done um, and not give up with stuff. So, you know, if it doesn't work, just find an alternative. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's just, it's just that, that mentality of that, you know, because, and, and straight up just chatting to you, it's, it's that decision. It's like when mm. you, when you left, it would have been, is this, is this the decision I'm making? And, you know, there's probably like uncertainty around the business itself, but the idea of actually making that leap, it's like, I'm going to do what I want to do, create success, create business, and there's nothing's going to stop me. And I think that just that, that slightest thing of actually making the, the decision, the full commitment to actually mm. do it. I think that's the thing that kind of stops a lot of people or it's like they make or break. It's imperfect action. You know what I mean? Mm. You just like, if you've got something, you just roll with it. You know, you don't overthink it too much. You don't try and analyze it too much. If you've got something in your head that you want to do, you just do it and you, you work out the final details later. Perf- perfection is what we all want, but it's unachievable. And if you want stuff actually done and you want it done like at a good pace, imperfect action, you just fucking get on with it. And if something doesn't work, you find an alternative and you start trading. Yeah, done is better than perfect. Exactly. It's like that's how, it. I, how I live my life. <laughs> exactly. And you might not, it might not succeed, but then you learn from it and you know exactly what you're doing wrong and then you do it better next time. That's it. It's all, everything that I've done is just very, very small steps of like trial and error. And that's literally it. Because I've fucked up so many things <laughs> because I like to, because I take risks. I, I, I do like taking risks. Um, but then again, that's it. I've, I've done it. And then you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it's going to stick. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> that's so perfect. Um, I want to chat about, um, you know, we're, and we're having so many laughs before we start recording this about Love Island, the TV show, um, Fire Out, so funny. Um, but in business, in success, in pursuing your dreams, um, there's going to be people along the way that aren't going to agree with you. They're going to hate on you. They're going to tell you you can't do it. And you're just going to cop backlash from so many people, right? And when you left the show, like we were just talking about, you know, the way you were kind of portrayed on the show. And it's just so funny because for those of you, you know, listening to this right now, like um, I, know, I know Johnny a little bit, like we've, we've spoken a little bit and I'm like, he's like one of the nicest freaking guys I've ever met. Just so authentic and genuine. And I, and I, I find out the Love Island stuff and I see some of like some of the comments and what people are saying and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell happened on that show? Because that's not Johnny. And and then I'm just like, and then I saw some of the interviews and just how you, how you took it and how you manage it. And I just thought, I'm like, I've never seen someone take, you know, either criticism or being put in such a crap position and just take it so well. So what's your advice to someone on just, you know, because there's going to be people out there on taking hate and from the haters and the people who have, you know, I like to describe it as like, you know, people like you and I, we're on the freaking Fort Bill Field of Life. Like we're playing the game. We're in here. We're doing it. And everyone else is spectators, right? Oh. And, and that's how it is. Like people watching a sporting game, they're, they're sitting on their couch yelling at the referee, yelling at this, yelling at that. But they're not even in the game, you know, so they've got no idea. So what's your kind of advice to someone on, on how to handle hate criticism? Because you've copped it <laughs> more than most. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there was, because obviously you don't really know what's going on when you're on the show. But by the time I come off the show in about 10 minutes, I've realized that I'd got a little, you know, I hadn't exactly played it as good as I could have. Uh, just for like, you know, general people liking me sort of stuff, which I ain't too interested in anyway. Um, it's a lot more fun to be able to play a villain 
um, and you can get away with a lot more as well. Um, you're not under everyone's scrutiny. But I think I actually put something on there. I got a message today, just like, and I love to just hear the messages. I used to get a lot. I got a message of, uh, like from my account today, and it was just like, I don't know, calling me a dickhead or something like that. And I'll post them. I won't, I won't tag the people in it because I don't want to be a dickhead, but I'll post them. And I just want to show people and just be like, look, this is a lesson that you can learn right here. Because if someone has taken, this is a random person, not following me, if someone has taken their time out, time out of their day to look at my profile and then message me that, they are so, so fucking jealous of what I've got. It is literally, it's just, it's a compliment. It's, and I know people say that, but, but actually it is, you know, like the, these people, I'm winning at life. Like no, no one can, no one can take that away from me. Cause I know it. I'm not, I'm not fucking stupid. Like if I was sitting there, you know, like really struggling and like someone said it and it was like a last little kick to me, then yeah, I'd do it. But I'm, I'm not like, my life's fucking sick. And for some like random to actually do it, it's just, it's this big compliment that they're just like, they've gone out of their way. Like they could have done it to anyone. But actually, you saw my profile and thought, this fucking bastard, I need to do this. And they've done it. So it's a compliment. Always take it as a compliment. It's like you Whenever. need to give those people a hug more than anything. Hey, it's like, it's like you've got so much hate inside of you that you need to take time out. And I, I saw what you put on your story today. And I'm like, that's just like, you just need to give them a hug. It's like, what, what's going on in your life, buddy? Everyone, everyone's got their demons you know everyone's got something i've never been in this sort of position where don't get me wrong like i've had a joke before not at someone's not you know at someone's expense but not not like directly like not like really i want to make you upset i want to fucking hurt you i've never done that shit and i, I can't imagine what goes through people's heads that, that, that do and that, that's kind of why it's kind of why i don't like the sort of genre of that show i know i went on it but it you know it, it does it's just it just breeds fucking idiots to be totally honest with you, people that watch these shows and treat them as gospel and like they just have to like impose their opinion like it's so valuable, you know, on something they've, they've watched on TV. It's just like anyone that's willing to go that extra mile, they're not, their brain function ain't high enough for me to waste my money. <laughs> Simple as that. And I never will. <laughs> oh my God. That's, <laughs> there's no, it's like mic drop, their brain function isn't high enough. Like it's, I forget what it's called. Um, you know, like Tony Robbins talks about that thing. It's like, it's like fighting, you know, I think in, and there's going to be haters. There's going to be all this crap along the way. And it's, and it's how you deal with it. And it's yeah. like, if you, if you put your fist against someone, someone else's fist and you're pushing into each other as hard as you can and you're just fighting them back, you're, you're going to, you're going to tie yourself out. And but if you just go with it and you have no resistance to it, no resistance, you're not pushing anything back, they're going to fall over eventually. And it's just like, and you know. Well, exactly. And, and like, there, there's, a, there's a lot of mindset involved. And like a lot of people like I've had, I actually had a friend on the show um, who was like one of the fucking best looking guys I've ever seen. Like, he was like one of my best mates on the show. Apart, he, apart from me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but, um, but you know, he, uh, it wasn't, there was a lot going on, but like he had, he had his own demons after the show and he actually took his own life. Uh, start oh. of, yeah. Like re- and it really kind of opened my eyes actually, um, in a, in a horrible sort of way. It actually made me a good look at myself and think, fuck me, you've actually really, you're, you've got your, your head together. Because he, uh, from the outside perspective, even from me as a close friend of his, he looked like he had it all together. Mm. He looked like fucking everything and he didn't. And he, and he struggled with it and he struggled with everything that came with 
that sort of limelight and just being thrown into it and sort of the rise and then the fall. And um, it is just, it's interesting because I always thought everyone was just kind of the same as me. And mm. I thought like, it's, you know, because I mean, I used to get hate, but I used to like just laugh at it. I'd, I'd be like hung over in the morning, just going through the messages, like replying back to it. It was funny. Like, I found it hilarious. And like, obviously there were times I'm like, uh, you've gone a bit too far there, but I was just... So what do you think the difference is between that, that mindset? Because this is a common thing, you know, like you look at Robin Williams, right? Like, you know, people do achieve success and people put this happiness on the destination. They think when they get there, they're going to be happy and they're going to have everything. And, um, you know, you do hear these things kind of time and time again. What do you think the, what do you do different? Well, I mean, like, it, I've done a lot of exploration. I've always been very headstrong because I've always, you know, I value myself. I do. I value myself. and. I know what I've achieved and I know where I am in my life. I know for a fact that I'm doing better than most people. And I, I don't, and I'm, I'm saying it because I fucking work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have someone who's just kind of like, just is irrelevant, not even like nothing to me, you know what I mean? Having it say it to me, I've always kind of seen that as not important enough. If it was someone that I looked up to that said it to me, <laughs> I'd, obviously I'd be like, oh, fuck me. But, but, but they're not. And like, I, you know, Having, being able to discover what you actually want from life is actually really fucking difficult. As, you know, as you know, as everyone probably knows, you can kind of like, I, I've, I've spoken a lot about sort of my time building up like success and money. And I've always, I had like a list of things that I wanted, you know, like I fucking wanted a Rolls Royce and I got, I got a Rolls Royce and I wanted like to fly private and I flew private and I there was all these things that I thought we were really going to do it. And like, it sounds, this is what everyone says. And it's crazy because, you know, when people say, oh, it won't, won't make you happy. And you're like, all right, yeah. <laughs> and the truth is it doesn't. Um, and I was just sort of there. And like, I was engaged last year as well. And I was just sort of like in this relationship that was most suffering a bit. And I just had all this superficial shit around me. And like, there was just something, just something really missing. And I had no idea what it was. And then I met my new business partners, the guys from the Coaching Masters. Mm. And they, they actually messaged me on Instagram. And they were like, oh, you know, maybe we, should, we, love, we love what you do. Like, we love that you're kind of like, you're bringing a new image to this sort of like perception of reality TV people, like a bit brain dead. And they're like, we think we could really work together. And we, I had a meeting with them. And these guys were like, they were talking my language. These were businessmen. You know what I mean? They were smart. And they weren't talking like, oh yeah, we'll pay you like a, a little one off and like that's it. Cause that's not that's not me. I've never like cheapened my page or my exposure with them. Sometimes. I've got my own business interests. So if you want if you want a slice of that, you gotta you know you gotta make sure you give me the right deal. And these guys were talking like real longevity, and they were talking like big production. They flew me down to Monaco, and like we did like you know tons of filming down there, and like these guys were sick. But a part of this process was them obviously explaining to me about coaching because I. I knew what coaching was, but I saw it as more of like a bit of a Scientology kind of thing. I didn't really know like what it was. I thought it was a bit like urban psychology, whatever, um, or therapy even rather. Um, so yeah, I was interested to know what it was. And then I actually had this a coaching session with Lewis, my business partner. Um, this is like the second time I'd met him. And he was like, you know, you might take a little while to kind of like get your walls down. We're going to talk to you. And we're going to find out kind of what you want. And what we realized from the discussion was actually like the happiest that I ever, because I was living back in England when I was engaged. And like, I was, you know, obviously we were getting married and like, you know, 
there would have been a it would have meant me staying in England. And we discovered that actually the happiest that I've ever been was when I had the excitement of like traveling and just you know being able to do go where I wanted. Not you know I could have easily stayed with a partner uh, to do it like it wouldn't have been any issue. That was not to do with like a breakup. But there was that element of like, fuck, I have to stay in England now for like all this time. And it was just like, I remembered the sort of rush that I got from just being in different places, experiencing how people live. Like Bangkok, you just, you never get the same thing every day. There's always something different. It's so exciting. And like a lot of people don't like Bangkok. I fucking loved it. I absolutely loved it. Just like that, that real raw, like them smells and noises and everything. And it was just like exciting. But like organized chaos, like that's what that's my favorite part about Asia as well. Not, nothing's ever the same each day, and it's just so, just it's just so just fucking unorganized. Where it's just you just gotta love it. It's just, but it, but you, exactly like you you can even you gotta embrace that kind of stuff because it's just like seeing how people live in different countries. That's like that's, that's the most valuable thing that you can probably learn. Actually, traveling te- teaches people so much. Like actually seeing like life isn't what it is in London everywhere. You know what I mean? Like we all just kind of like get on the bloody tube and do our nine to five and go home. And it's just like, it's just not how people should be living. My humble opinion, but I just don't ever I agree. And think that's, that's life. Cause for, mm. for me, it never has been. And I slowly saw myself getting sucked into that sort of like way of life. And I was like, I was obviously my trading company. I was spending a lot of time on that. I was up in the city every day and I almost just felt like I was just one of these people that I just desperately tried to get away from all this time. And, um, that coaching session did show, it shone light on that and I hadn't actually realized it. And it's almost like it planted a little seed inside my head. Um, and I, all of a sudden, all this superficial shit that I had, it was just so irrelevant to me. And six months later, me and my, my ex broke up. Um, and as soon as we broke up, I think I had like two, three weeks where I had a bit of a blowout. And then I was like on a flight, I booked myself a health retreat in Thailand. Uh, went out there for two weeks just to kind of like detox and everything. And then um, my business partner, Lewis, was just like, dude, come out to Bali. Let's, like, let's work on a few projects. Come out to Bali. We start working on a few projects. We started making some really good money. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, do I want to go home? I was like, do I have to go home? I started thinking about all my sort of like interests in London. I thought like the trading's fine. The trading runs itself. I thought care home's physical, but it runs itself. You know, it's like, it's more of keeping an eye on the numbers and you know checking in with management, which is it's very low involvement for me. I thought, fuck it, I'll stay, and that's it. And it was just like that little seed that coaching planted. It was it just like, it, even though I'm a, I'm very in touch with myself, it just showed me what I want, what I needed to actually be happy and be fulfilled, mm. um, instead of filling it with stuff that I thought I needed, but actually I didn't. Um, that's so, so interesting. Um, yeah. What do you think? What was the thing? Do you think it because what you're doing now, you've got an impact on someone's life, or what do you what do you think it was for you that the the, the main thing for me was was just freedom. That's it, like ultimate freedom, not having to. As soon as someone tells you that you can't do something, you instinctively want to do it. And for me, it was just the the and obviously the fact that I've got a background in you know making businesses that help people and do a fucking good job at it. And yes, of course, I love the fact that this was just like this was like a new journey for me. It's like a way for me to learn a lot about myself, tap into like a, a, a new sort of industry that was actually, again, like, I mean, it's a, it's a really fast growing industry. It's, it's growing like 15% every single year. Um, and it's, and it's going to be huge. And yeah, of course, like, I mean, I've, I've taken on clients now and I'm just doing like 
transformation, business transformation, life transformations. It's like mostly it's business, but obviously like it comes with the life as well, lifestyle sort of stuff. It's um, huge. It's so important because this is the stuff that no one teaches us in school. No. Right? Like, Self-education like, makes you a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, and, and that's the thing. Like the, the more you read, the more people you meet, when people say surround yourself with four or five people that you want to be like, it's so fucking true. Because I've had friends before. These are the, when I left England, I had friends that were just fucking just dickheads. You know what I mean? Sort of people, if you wanted to do anything, they would try and tear you down. Mm-hmm. If they see you get a win, they try and take it away from you. And it was the same thing. I was like, I'm leaving the country. It was, this was the stuff that gave me ammunition to stay out. Because, you know, they were like, oh, well, yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make millions. They're like, nah, all right. Yeah, if you say so, Johnny. Oh, why, are you, why are you moving out to Thailand? Like, what's the point? And it's just like, there's no sort of, there's no backing. They're not real friends. They're, they're mm. leeches. Um, they don't want to see you do better for yourself because it's going to make them think about how shit they're doing. How shit they're doing. And um, exactly. And, and, and they're the sort of people. Whereas now, like, I only surround myself with, with, with people like yourself, you know, like pe- people who are actually got their shit together, people who are like doing stuff, people who think the same as me, but, they, but you know, maybe they've got some stuff that I can learn from. I love it. And that's it. And as soon as I sort of adopt, adopted that way of thinking, things are just strength to strength. And like the, the thing is as well, like since I did start concentrating less on like the material side of things, the more money I'm making and it's like, I'm trying, I'm not trying as hard, but I'm making more money. I'm more at peace with it. It's flowing more. Yeah. It's like a really like, weird realization I've had sort of in the last, even six months. Cause I've always been like hammering away at stuff. I've always been like, right, isn't he doing like hammering away? But out here, it's more just kind of like, this is going to happen. I can feel it. I know it's going to happen. I don't need to strangle this situation. Yeah. And, there's um, nothing really great to buy out in Bali anyway. Like what do you get the dopest motorbike? It still cost you $3,000 and that's it anyway. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I think even, even on like an expensive day, even if I tried to spend like a couple hundred quid, I think I'd really struggle. Yeah. You know, we, we ordered like a low mid and, uh, and Lewis. We, there's a, and most stuff is shut after like 9 PM, even for delivery. And there's this one place, it's like a lobster shack. And we ordered like, I don't even know, like a ridiculous amount of lobster <laughs> the other night. And it came to like 700,000 IDR, just like 35 quid, something like that. Yeah. 70 Australian dollars. Cool. It was just mad. Yeah. It was just insane. I was just like, oh my God, like all this fucking lobster. <laughs> I miss it. Oh, I, I miss it. Like we, we used to go down to Finns there. And um, yeah. <clears throat> for a while, I think, I think I probably made them change this rule. They used to do the happy hour every day, right? Where buy one, get one free on anything. And I'm like, anything? And <laughs> would go down a freaking Wednesday. Because same as you, like sometimes, you know, like Bali is just so cool and you're around these amazing people and you want to kind of like, it is good. I think it's extremely important to experience more of the lifestyle you want to live, right? Like, and like, I don't know about you, but I, um, after reading the book, um, secrets of the millionaire mind by T. Harvecker, I read that when I was young and, and he said, he said, put 10% of everything you earn into a play account. And once a month you have to take it out and blow it. So the, the idea of that is to, while you're on the come up, you're, you're able to take it out and spend it guilt free and live that better life so you get a taste of it. So I'll do things sometimes and so for a while, we'd go on like a Wednesday and we'd go again to the bottles of Moe and we'd go down there and we're buying two bottles of Moe champagne at sunset on a VIP bed for I think they're about uh, 
50 bucks or 140 dollars australian for one bottle where like in a club and we're getting two because buy one going free and i'm like they're losing a lot of money with us right now and, and it just it's just, <laughs> just starting to get so bad but uh <laughs> I've lived in I've lived in Moscow before and like you buy a bottle on a bed there it costs you a couple of grand easy out here you can spend it even if you wanted to different world everyone's got to get out there you need to experience a little bit of Mali life hey it's good it's just too chill so let's um Walk us through a little bit of, of this new business, um, the business of yours. Though. What what kind of things? Because this is I I do, um, you know, I've had a good look through all, all your stuff and everything, and I I love it because it's just it's and hence why I do what I'm doing here and everything I'm doing because it's mm-hmm. teaching people what they can't learn. You you don't learn this at school. You can't go to university and learn how to become wealthy, how to become successful, or what you were saying, how to become happy. Like they don't teach you these things and, and that's from what I've seen there's a lot in, involved in these courses. So much, yeah. Because I mean like obviously the main incentive of the company is to accredit coaches. So they train coaches up and it's it's the best one online. And that's not even me just saying like hand on heart, it's just the best. Um, and obviously that's for people who want to be a coach and we they get accredited at the end of uh, it's like a 12-week live immersive course and it's just shit hot. And like, you only have to talk to people in our community and they're like, it's literally like, it's, it's cult-like. There's people getting like our tattoo, uh, our logo tattooed on them and stuff like that. And it really, these people really believe in the product. And that's because they've made, made money from it. They've become successful from it. And then our other side of things is actually once you become a coach, is actually building your coaching business. We basically give people the blueprint, a proven blueprint on how to make money from your coaching business. Now, you might think, okay, well, I don't, I'm not a coach. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a coach or anything like that. But like, actually, the main thing that we want to focus on for people is getting out of that headspace where you are in the nine to five mentality. People who just think like, people look at me living in Bali and they think, oh, I could never afford that. I think like, you live in London. I spend less than you. You can't afford to live in London, not Bali. It's mad. But people, because we've just had it drilled into our brains, like, oh, living abroad. Well, you must be making a lot of money. No. Bali's cheap. Like we live in a palace out here for, for nothing. We, uh, you know, I, I go out and I have the most, the nicest breakfast in the world, and it costs me like five quid, <laughs> seven dollars, whatever. It is. <laughs> Eight dollars, and it's just it's insane. So people are like they 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 have that sort of mind function already. They're brainwashing to thinking that these sort of things are unattainable, and in a way, stuff like the coronavirus, all this shit that's happening in the world right now. It's it shone a uh, an unpleasant light on it for a lot of people where they thought they had these secure jobs that could never be touched. And they looked at you know people that like entrepreneurs like risking risking their lives, not their lives, but you know risking their livelihoods to to try and become successful. They saw us as taking the risk, and now like overnight, you've got like huge companies shutting down because they rely on physical customers, people walking into their shop and buying stuff. High street shop is going to be a thing of the past. Restaurants are going to be, I mean, it's going to be insane to look at London when all this is done. I've got people on my entering, I'm like, oh, can't wait for the first night out when all this is over. It's like, there's no way that them clubs are still paying the rent while no one's in there. Like in, in Mayfair, in like central London, like probably paying like 60 grand a month, maybe more for, <laughs> for like rents. There's just no way. The world is going to be a very different place. And obviously now people sitting at home, maybe they've lost their jobs uh, or maybe they're uncertain and they've just got a lot of time in their hands. It's just, it's a time now to actually kind of like change the way you think. 
and realize that actually doing something for yourself, starting your own business, living free, like the way our governments operate, they want us to be, they want us to be there, be present, pay taxes. Um, kind of, I'm not saying, you know, don't pay tax. I'm just saying in general, that's kind of like, that's why they, they create these sort of constructs for us because it benefits the, the overall system. When actually it's not life. And if you really want to, want to live your life fully, you have to do it on your own terms. And you have to have the freedom to be able to choose what you want to do and when you want to do it. Um, because if you've got to wake up every morning and go somewhere that you are, that you're not choosing to go to really, because you actually have to, because you think that you have to do it to survive. That is not living. It's not. You're living on. You're living someone else's life, and you're making some other fucker rich, um, who's doing the same thing that I'm doing, and that's and that's and that's the point. So yeah, a lot of it is just getting people out of that nine to five mentality, and just my main main role within this company is just kind of like shine light on that with people and showing that it's so much easier than they think, and we've got we can show them how to do it, and that's not me selling anything. That's that, that's the god's honest truth. Because, uh, like I said, in the community, there's people that have done it. There's so many people that have done it. And they got the fucking tattoo to prove it. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And, and I believe that as well. It's, it's, it's just it's confidence. Facts, facts and results don't lie. Where do you see it going? Where do you see it going and you going in the next five years? We are just... I mean, this company is just expanding daily. Like we're, even in the last six months. Okay, so bear in mind that this company is just about a year old something like that the growth that it's achieved is astronomical like it's just completely taken off with a with the biggest online coaching company in the world we're the best one most of it's like physical stuff like people coaching in person which obviously now is a thing of the past and it's just like we used to be in a race where uh, we were winning by quite a long mind now it's just us in the race there isn't anyone else in the race we are just industry leaders in this and we are going to be like the Netflix <laughs> of coaching. And that's it. And we're just like introducing things daily, introducing new products daily. We're going to expand into a lot more different like holistic stuff. We're going to expand a lot more into different aspects of, of business. Um, even stuff like social media and stuff like that. You know, like at the moment, you've got a lot of people who do what I did and they, without a game plan, like obviously I, when I went on to Love Island, I did it purely for business. I knew exactly how I was going to leverage it. I knew exactly how I was going to exploit it, um, regardless of the outcome of my you know, <laughs> persona on the show. Um, whereas you get a lot of people that look at people like me and they think all of my money's from uh, like Love Island, which is fucking insane. And that's because most of the people who come off the show, they, they like to look like they're doing really well when actually they're not. Like 99% of the people that come off them shows, they're going broke just trying to make it look like they live really good life. And all that does is it gets in the head of people, of kids really, who look at it and think, fuck going, fuck, you know, doing anything productive with my time or learning skills or reading books or trying to start a business. I just need to get on TV and I'll be sorted. And then they go on and they realize, well, you've got probably you've got a six month window to capitalize and come off a show like that, really. And that's it. And then it stops like overnight. Like, luckily, I had my stuff together. But I remember I was getting like a lot of offers. And uh, like even like club PAs, like personal appearances and stuff, which I used to do, getting paid to drink pretty much. Um, and, and, and like it literally did stop overnight. And luckily, I was just like, all right, I guess that's, I guess I'm not famous anymore. And that was it. And but a lot of people think that that, that party's gonna last forever, and that is the problem. So we're going to be doing a lot around people who might have come off shows like that, and this is going to be my department, and actually showing them how to turn their influence into impact. 
and actually do something that's going to build their brand. It's going to gain like trust from their following. They're not selling them shit. They're not lying to them and, and degrading them and, and essentially just treating them like fucking idiots. Because you know, if I'm, if I'm not using a product and I'm trying to tell you that I am using it, I'm a fucking liar. You know what I mean? And, and these people who are following them because they like them, they just treat them like idiots. So instead of doing that, and also, then brands, uh, then brands are exploiting you if you're doing that. You might think that, you know, oh, I'm getting paid to do it, but you're going to lose engagement with your audience because you're selling them shit. And by the time that your audience realizes that you're selling them shit and they're like, right, no more, no more engagement for you. I don't want to see your page anymore. I don't want to follow you. As soon as that happens, the brands stop working with you. And then what you're left with? Nothing. That marketing's finished now. That, yeah. that whole, I'm going yeah. to hold thing and, and pretend like the yeah, pe- people just see through that shit now and they see trust and they see like to watch lifestyle and, and all that. And it's, it's, it's gone. Absolutely. So then we want to teach people who might be in that sort of space. I would love people to just not apply for these shows anyway, but I think we have more people apply for Love Island this year than we did for university. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm, to be honest with you, like I never, I never went to college or uni, so I, I wouldn't even know, but I know a lot of people that did do it. I didn't do, aren't really doing that much now, but I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad thing. So, but still, comparatively, you see more people interested in being on reality TV than actually like, yeah. It's just this hype of uh, social media. And, and I never forget this thing. Uh, one of my friends and mentors said to me, um, Joel Brown, he said, he goes, he's like, if you have more followers on Instagram than you have money in the bank, then you need new friends right because so often there's people out right and they're trying to grow this brand which like i'm 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 the first gonna tell anyone if you don't know what to do in your life grow a personal brand just start with something like grow a personal Mm -hmm. brand for something but then tap into something get around people like like you get around these programs get around something where you can start learning how to capitalize on that and 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 change that following and that influence into income otherwise it's just like trying to live this fake life and, and that's it. Once you get caught up in that cycle, like I said, you're just spending money trying to look like you're living like it. You, you know, you're not. And it, it's not going to last forever. It, it's obviously going to come to an end. And no one's going to want to buy fucking clothes off you when you're like 40. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And oh, dude, that's so good. I, I think we could even do a whole nother episode just on, on that. Uh, I, I could rant on that. Um, just, but anyway, but talking about social media, where can these people find you? Johnny underscore Mitchell 1991. That is my Instagram tag. Um, yeah, give me a follow. I talk a bit of shit on there sometimes. I've been trying to post a little bit less with the, the whole COVID-19 thing, but um, there's, a, there's a lot of interesting stuff on there if you're interested in learning, picking my brain, learning about business, um, and even potentially becoming a coach or starting your own business or just gaining financial and ultimate freedom for yourself. Yeah. I love it. Definitely head over there, guys. It's yeah. I've I've been I've been loving watching the journey, bro. I I can't wait. Like I've said to you before, I can't wait to get on a freaking plane, get back over to Bali, and freaking meet you. We'll go out for a drink. We'll go to Finn uh, to get uh, a bowl of Maui. Hopefully, <laughs> not, hopefully, yeah. Let's just go get <laughs> I love it. I love it. I uh, do. To wrap up this uh, interview, I'm gonna ask. I ask everyone the same question. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Are you ready? Yeah. Business advice, right? <laughs> no, it could be up to you. If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give yourself 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Um, I would say don't worry about the insignificant things as much. I think that's it. Because I think now I've adopted imperfect action. 
back then I used to analyze stuff way too much. And I, I probably think about the amount that I could have achieved in excess uh, if I'd have actually just kind of like just got roll, roll with the punches more. There's a lot of things, you know, when you do get knocked back from a first business and it's not, and it's failed, it, it is a knock to your confidence. There's no doubt. I mean, it has to be. And back then I wasn't thinking like, this is a lesson. At the time I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? Whereas, you know, I think, I think it's important to actually recognize that um, everything's an opportunity and everything is a lesson. And if I could drum that into my head back then, I feel like I'd, I would have progressed a lot quicker. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.